Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up in this episode, we're going to travel around the world and get quarantined at home. A type of person that does something like this isn't worried or isn't on the track of choosing what the norm is. That is really when my eyes were opened up. Oh my God, there is a whole other world out here that I need to explore and see the number one thing is within the calendar year of this rut, make the promise and commitment to yourself that you are going to take some sort of trip. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. I think the hardest thing about travel is just getting that first foot out the door, figuring out where you're going to go, when should you go, how much is this going to cost? All of those little details that can be overwhelming and ultimately just make some people stay home. Our first guest, though, has the solution and can help get you take that first step out of the door. He's been to more than 40 countries, traveled all over the world. This is travel blogger Justin Walter. I mean, I think when people hear of like a travel somebody who does does travel for a living right like that's something that a lot of people would like to do how did you actually turn this into a career it didn't happen overnight i think that is the number one thing for me it has been i've been at this kind of career for 13 years in my career evolved into travel being every kind of facet and part of it. So if I go back about 13 years, I moved to Los Angeles uh, to pursue working in television. Uh, I moved to LA working in the entertainment industry. I started off as a production assistant um, working on TV shows and getting coffees for people and really starting at the bottom, like intern level work. Um, And along the way, as I was moving forward in that career in the entertainment industry, I've always loved to travel. I've always been passionate about travel. So in between jobs, I would go and take two to three week trips. And before Instagram was a thing and before social media was really crazy in the travel world, I just love photography and would document and take videos and photos of my travels just for fun. So I would say about eight or six to eight years ago or so, um, I started working with a, um, a manager who was like, Justin, you love travel so much. 
you should start documenting your trips and make a blog out of it. And then from that, we could kind of create a career in the travel space for you. Nowadays, I say I'm a travel content creator because I create content in the travel space on social media. I do it in writing. Uh, I do it in photography. So in terms of kind of creating travel content, that's what I do nowadays in a lot of different facets. I don't have one job that is one paycheck. Is it though when you're in it, is it really though like as fun as it would be or does it feel yeah. like work? I mean, do you feel like, are, does any part of you feel like you're missing out on the experience because it is a job? Great question. I think it depends on the job. So a lot of my work, when I do the blog work and the influencer work, that is specifically right where I'm working with a tourism or brand where I go to a destination and I'm highlighting outdoor adventure breweries, um, food, and fun activities. So for that, I'm actually like experiencing the, the location and the adventure and all of that. And it's a ton of fun. It's, it's getting paid and working with clients and brands that I truly support and get behind. So it's fun. But at the same time, it is a lot of work. I get to a lot of times bring plus one uh, friends or family members on my trips and every time I bring someone who is not in the travel industry uh, or not an influencer or not a blogger, they're always shocked at how much work it is creating all the content. Um, the cons are definitely, it's stressful constantly looking for my next job. I'm constantly networking. I'm constantly, you know, trying to find out where my next opportunities are going to come. And in addition to that, I've had stretches of long time of not working. Um, and those times are very stressful, uh, where it's hard, you know, having a lot of things I'm juggling, but then at certain times, nothing's coming in. So it's, it's kind of a crazy industry. It's weird in, in Los Angeles working this way, this freelance kind of lifestyle is kind of the norm. A lot of people do it. So it doesn't seem weird to me anymore being in Los Angeles, but whenever I go home or leave LA, people think it's crazy. <laughs> I used to just directly ask people how much money they made but they wouldn't necessarily answer that question. So let me ask it this way. Are you closer to ramen noodles or closer to mansions with this kind of career? Oh, my God. I'm definitely not not even close to mansions. Um, I would say right now the career I've kind of carved out for myself has not been money-driven focused. Um I have made decent money in, you know, working in some of my television industry jobs, but then a lot of the work I have done, it, it's not a lot, it's not a ton of money. Um, and for me, you know, I don't define success by how many numbers or dollars are in my bank account. I've really been driven in my career to try and form a career where I do pay the bills through travel. And that's been kind of in the last, I would say, five years has been my really shift in focus of how can I work in the travel industry where I'm actually paying my bills through travel. And it's been like a lot of work and, and hard to do that. But I would say I'm closer to ramen noodles than mansions by far. Um, it's not the most lucrative career, but as of right now, when my office is different destinations and locations and I'm creating content for brands and tours and boards and traveling and getting to do that, I love it. Um, so for me, it's, it's an invaluable kind of job experience right now versus worrying about, you know, having enough money to pay for a mansion. Do you have a like a full-time home? 
yeah, Los Angeles is my my full time home. So I do have a home base. Uh, most of my friends who are in the travel industry and work in the travel industry, most of them all have home bases. But there are, you know, a lot of people in the travel industry that don't have a home, that are vagabonds, that live constantly full time travel. I I have not done the like get up, go pack my bags, and just travel the world and let that be my job. I've never done that. How many countries have you been to now? I've been to, I believe right now it's 44. I got to double check some numbers, but I think it's 44 or 45. Which one of those would you say jumps out at you like, man, that, that, that one was, that one was good. Oh, it's so hard. (laughs) You know, know, there's always one though. There's always one you go back to. I know it's so, it's so difficult. Um, It's kind of, I almost think of it as instead of countries now, I kind of look at the world in terms of regions I've been to. Um, And I would say that like Australia always has a special place in my heart because that's when I took my first ever solo adventure backpacking trip when I was 21 years old to the Australian Outback. And that's where I fell in love with travel, with solo travel. And uh, I even, I, I found a journal that I kept when I was in the Australian Outback. And in it, I was writing an entry, a couple entries about how I hope I could create a life in a world where I am traveling and traveling for my career. And I found it about a year ago or so, and I reread it and it, it made me cry. Um, because here I was a 21 year old having these hopes and dreams of traveling the world and creating a life and, and a job out of it. And, and then I had done it. Um, and I have done it and I am doing it. So Australia has a, a special place in my heart for that reason. Um, for for kind of outdoor rugged adventure, Patagonia is incredible. I did a three-week backpacking trip through Patagonia by myself, and I had an amazing, incredible time trekking Torres Alpine, doing glacier hiking on Frito Moreno Glacier, uh, and it is an incredible, gorgeous region that I highly recommend people to go to. Um, I did a couple of summers ago a six-week backpacking trip through Europe, and I had saved Europe for when I was older instead of when I was kind of in my 20s, and I finally fell in love with Europe, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it was just so incredible, Uh, one of my favorite cities in the world. I don't love cities. I tend to go towards outdoor adventure and rugged locations, Um, but a city that sticks out in my mind that I've actually gone back to and that I absolutely love is Berlin. Um, Berlin kind of surprised me and it like is incredible. And I, I loved it for the history. Uh, there's so much modern day history in Berlin that is just incredible and really meaningful in this day and age, um, especially kind of going to the Berlin wall and concentration camps. Um, and then I think what I love most about Berlin is the culture of freedom of expression, freedom of be who you are. People are accepted, you know, let your freak flag fly. Uh, nightlife is insane there. The warehouse scene is crazy, uh, and I Berlin is amazing, and I, I highly recommend it. And even I went during Thanksgiving and wintertime this year, or past year, the Christmas markets in Berlin are next level. It was magical. I spent a couple of days just going Christmas market to Christmas market, drinking Glückwein and eating tons of pretzels and meat, and it was the coolest thing I've ever done during Christmas time. You know, for me, is so like like the kind of thing is like why does why doesn't everybody do this right? Like, what's the downside to this? 
Yeah. So I think uh, if you choose, what I realize is like, you know, if I compare myself to my peers, my age and where they're at in their careers, a lot of people are on more of the like the standard track of, you know, get out of college, get a good job with benefits, you know, work that job for 10 years, get promoted along the way, make your money, put your money away in your savings accounts, have a family, like all those like checking off the boxes of kind of the what you're supposed to do. This is not doing that. So anyone who does, I mean, you can do that. I know people who have done it that way, but most people I know who are doing similar things are not married with kids and they don't have a ton of money in savings uh, and they aren't necessarily, you know, 10 years into loyalty of their same career. So I think a type of person that does something like this isn't worried or isn't on the track of choosing what the norm is. And that's something that's very difficult. Um, I know that a lot of people I've talked to, they look, you know, talk to me and say, I wish I could do what you're doing. You can. And it, it, that's what I say. You can. If you want to live and choose a life of travel, you don't necessarily have to do it as a career. But if you want to build travel into your life, then you, you look at your life and you, you see where you're allocating money, time, and resources, and you prioritize that. I prioritize travel as probably my number one thing over the last 10 years of my life. And that's why I lived in a rent-controlled apartment for 10 years and didn't pay a lot of money on an expensive apartment in Los Angeles. Um, I saved money on rent and put it towards travel. Uh, that's why I'm not driving an expensive car and making payments on an expensive car because I don't care what kind of car I drive. Uh, so I think the, the biggest thing that I see in my life choices compared to like, why doesn't everyone do this is because it, it is a lot of sacrifices for the norm and for what like we're kind of supposed to do. I have friends that grew up in the same place, stay in the same place, doing the same job their whole life and they never travel whatsoever. Yeah. It's almost like if you don't do it at by a certain age, like you'll never do it. And you know what? It's I I agree, and it makes me so sad. Like that fact. I came, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from the Chicagoland area. Most all my family and friends are in the Midwest. A lot of them do travel, which is great. But I've seen it. I've seen people who don't leave their hometowns, who go to high school, go to college, go back to where they lived, have families. You know, if that makes them happiness and that brings them joy and that's fulfilling their life great that is awesome and that's amazing for me that would be suffocating i love my family and friends i love where i grew up but i could never do that um and i think it is because i was exposed to traveling at a younger age when i studied abroad in australia and when i lived abroad by myself that is really when my eyes were opened up oh my God, there is a whole other world out here that I need to explore and see. And, and and even I'm like, as we're doing this podcast, I'm in my room and I have a scratch map on my wall. And I don't know if you know what a scratch map is. It's where the whole world is in gold and then you scratch off where you've been oh. and colors pop up over the map. Um, I, I'm a well-traveled person and when I look at this map, it's mostly gold, which is so crazy to me because even though I have been to about 44 countries and I've seen a lot of the world and I travel all the time, there's still so much more to see. And to me, that is exciting. That is awesome. That's what I like am hungry for. And, and I, 
I could not live a life where I would be staying in the same place all the time. And I think it does kind of center back to the one, were you exposed to it? Two, even if you were exposed to it, is it something that brings you joy? Travel doesn't necessarily bring joy to everyone. You know, they might take smaller vacations, which is great. Any type of travel I support. Um, but I think there is something to be said about people that really thirst and thrive and live uh, for travel as a huge part of their life. What would you say to somebody that wants to do something, but they're just yeah. in a rut? Like they just can't yeah. get that first step out of the door. I would say the number one thing is within the calendar year of this rut make the promise and commitment to yourself that you are going to take some sort of trip. You're going to look at your resources. You're going to see how you're spending, you know, money and time, and you're going to reprioritize some of those resources to take the trip that you've been always wanting to take that you say you'll one day take, take it now. We don't know if there's going to be a future. We don't know how much time we have left and all of that. And I would say, promise yourself by doing first making the promise to yourself and then it's really all about looking at where you're allocating your current resources time and energy and shifting it so you can afford it and so you can make it a part of that that part of your life um easier said than done uh, but that really is the most important part it's really uh, the will within ourselves to make it happen do you do a lot of planning ahead of time or are you kind of going to just show up there and see what happens? So when I do a lot of my travels on my own, my solo travels that are just for me and not with tours and boards and just for my personal pleasure and blog, I usually will book a ticket somewhere and then I don't plan the itinerary or the agenda uh, until I get there. I love going to a location or you know a destination where I have my Lonely Planet guidebook. I'll look at the uh, suggested itineraries and I'll see kind of the key spots and destinations on there that they recommend. Then I'll start in one of the main hubs and then I'll get local advice and local tips from when I'm in country on where I should be going, what I should be doing, and who uh, I should be meeting up with. And a lot of times when I go alone and solo, I will... I, you know, in my 20s and early 30s, I stayed in hostels. So I would meet travelers from all over the world. And those people would heavily impact my trips on one, linking up with them and traveling with them and becoming friends with them, or two, taking their recommendations and then, you know, using them for my trips. So that's kind of my personal travel. I actually, I'm an A type plus personality in my real life. So in travel, I'm kind of more of a B personality where I prefer going with the flow, not having a set itinerary, not having a set agenda and going along with what feels right in the moment based off of in-country suggestions. Um, but I would say that that is a luxury of when you travel solo and travel alone. When you're traveling with a family or if you're traveling with a loved one, you know, it's a little harder to do that kind of travel when you're traveling with other people. Um, so I think the best thing is if, you know, you are someone who it needs an itinerary, needs an agenda. There's so many resources out there where you can build your own off of them or you can even join tours. I hate organized group trips and tours so i like stay clear of those um, but some people love them and if that's kind of the type of travel you love then go for it places everyone should go oh my gosh okay all right number one 
uh, everyone should go to the Yiping Lantern Festival in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is the famous massive lantern release where thousands of people uh, release lanterns into the night sky. Uh, I did a top 10 destinations of the 2010 decade article on my blog, and that was my number one. And it was just such a magical experience. Uh, And what I didn't expect when I went uh, you know, I thought it was going to be all about kind of releasing these lanterns in that moment of watching it into the night sky. It is about that. But what was amazing was there was this incredible spiritual element to the whole experience that I didn't expect. There were a lot of um, meditations and Buddhist ceremonies. And the whole idea of the lantern release is reflecting on the year in your life and looking at what are the negative aspects that you want to let go of and release. So the whole thing is about intent, putting intention into your lantern of putting that negative en- energy and what you want to let go of and then letting it go. And it is an incredible, beautiful, once-in-a-lifetime experience that I, I would tell everybody you have to do it once in your life. Would you, if people had to choose one, between yeah. going out and seeing something impressive in nature, I'll use like the Himalayas, or having okay. an experience based around people like you were just talking about, which one of those would you push to? Oh my god. <laughs> that's, that's a terrible question to ask. Can we do both? Um, wow. So even though the lantern experience was thousands of people, it was more, it was actually more of a personal experience than kind of a, um, it was a community experience as well. I would say I'm all about challenging yourself in, in nature. So I would, I would say, although I said that's my number one, you have to do it. I would say challenging yourself and pushing your limits in mother nature. I highly, highly support and recommend that. Um, something that pops to mind that I did, um, once, uh, have you heard of Tour de Mont Blanc? Let's just say yes. I am no, sophisticated. I, I am I sophisticated. No, I, I didn't hear about it until I actually did it. So what it is, um, this is the most physical, challenging thing I've ever done in my life. Um, it is the Tour de Mont Blanc is a route over a hundred miles going through uh, France, Italy, and Switzerland uh, around Mont Blanc, the f- a famous mountain range. And I did it for, we, we were going to do it for 10 days. We actually did it in seven. It was the hardest physical, most demanding thing I've ever done in my life. On a map, it looks like you're walking around this mountain, but what you don't realize is you're actually going up and down vertical, like the whole time, up, down, up, down, up, down, around the mountain. Um, and well, during that experience, and I'm also thinking of when I did, I trekked five days uh, at Torres del Paine in Chile in Patagonia. Those are like physical nature experiences where I shut my phone off. You know, I only used it to take some photos. I had no service for five to seven days, and I was just surrounded by some of the most beautiful mother nature I have ever experienced in my life. And on top of that, pushing my body, my mental capacity to push on and keep going into the physical limits. It really like proved to myself how strong I can be. And if I can do this, I can do anything. Not as intense as that. One of my 
like all-time favorite adventures that I did that I felt the most connected with Mother Nature. Um, uh, two years ago, I believe, I took a two-week backpacking trip through South Africa, and it was my first time I ever went on a safari, and I went cage diving with Great Whites. O-M-G! Going on a safari and then going cage diving with Great Whites was probably the most humbling Mother Nature experiences of my life were put into perspective firsthand, feet away from me, how beautiful creation is, how incredible this world is with all the animals and living things we have. And it also is like, we don't run this earth, even though we are, humans are kind of running the world. Like there is so much other life out there and like watching these animals in their wild habitats living amongst us was incredible popular place that you would advise people not that it's not a great place but like mm. i know I, I, can i cut you off right now yeah. i have a i know right now what i'm gonna say it is i just went there last fall and i keep on like i've done a couple interviews uh, and i feel like i'm like shitting on it and i am sorry for the country bali bali was one of the most over crowded poorest trap places i've ever been in my life um i actually on my instagram have a couple posts or a post and i did an interview where i have this thing called instagram versus reality where i show the like what the the classically beautiful picture perfect photo from bali that you see all the time popping up on instagram yeah and then you swipe left and i show you what's behind the scenes and in the i just show five examples there are so many more of there are lines of people 30 to 60 plus minutes waiting in line to get these photos. Everyone's getting the same photos. You're paying money to get them. You know, at certain locations, you have to pay for sarongs or to sit in nests. And it is so touristy, so overpopulated. And I mean, Bali is gorgeous. It is beautiful and it is a fun place. I had a great trip, but it is so saturated with tourists are are those kind of places where you can have these really kind of i'll use this word even though i don't like it authentic experiences where it's not like where the reality really lives up to it are there less of those places now do you think that kind of it's crazy because i have this conversation a lot with my friends um who work in the travel industry and Social media has definitely changed the landscape of travel in the last couple of years. And I work as a travel influencer. I work as someone who goes to location to showcase it on social media. And, you know, so it's like it's weird because as much as I talk about it, I know I am also – You could say maybe a part of the problem, but because I know that, I choose to like showcase the realities and to be cognizant of that when I'm traveling and not to just like pretend and show fake, you know, experiences. But I would say that even though, like, even a place like Bali, I would say, whoa. Like, this is a difficult place to kind of, like, have an authentic experience. You still can find an authentic experience. I had several authentic experiences in Bali, even though it is super touristy and super, you know, saturated by people trying to get the perfect Instagram photo. Um, And then even I'm thinking of, like, I just went to a location in the United States called Sun Valley, Idaho, for the second time. The first time I went there to cover skiing, and it has a, a resort town a year ago, I was 
blown away and shocked by how it was the most non-touristy ski resort town I have ever been to. There were it felt like it felt like there were hardly any tourists. There were hardly any you know people like there for social media and, and all that kind of like a Bali, and it was beautiful. So then I went back again this year to cover it for adventure beyond skiing where i did snowmobiling snowshoeing and uh, fat tire biking and i you know in my mind i was like i wonder if i'm gonna see if this location is actually super touristy but i just caught it on an off weekend last year nope again i felt like i was the only tourist we went snowshoeing there were no other snowshoers on the trails we were on we went snowmobiling for three hours there was one other snowmobiler on the trails. We went fat tire biking on this beautiful kind of, you know, golf course that was covered in snow and mountains. One other fat tire biker. Everywhere we went, it was the locals treated us like we were locals. So it was like there are these places where there are authentic, you know, type experiences. But even these crazy ones where these popular destinations like Bali um, or the Philippines. I went to the Philippines years ago before kind of Instagram blew it up. And I had a, a travel friend of mine, her name is Laura Lawson Visconti. She just went there recently and saw like kind of more of the touristy, a touristy side of the Philippines. Social media is definitely bringing crowds to gems and locations that were otherwise off the map that are now becoming on the map locations and destinations because of social media. So I think at the end of the day, to find an authentic experience, you really have to you know, ask yourself, to me, what is an authentic experience? And even if it is a touristy destination, how can I create that authentic experience within the tourist destination? Last one from me, place that you still want to go to that you haven't been able to. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Let's, I should have it like right off the top of my head. Um, but I, let me think here. I, Iceland is definitely up there, but that is, again, I say like almost with an asterisk because Iceland has become like a Bali where it's gorgeous and stunning and amazing and awesome. Um, but every every time I hear people going to Iceland, it's just it's, I feel like it has become kind of similar to that Bali type experience. Um, what would my number one be? You know, definitely at the t- towards the top of my list. Maybe I'll put it at the top. I'll, I'll give it two. Uh, one, Japan. Everyone loves and raves about japan and i have not been to japan at all and i i think it's just like a culture and world that i haven't really experienced yet that i would high, put japan very high on my list maybe I'll, I'll say that japan um for the city and the nature uh would be i'll put that as my number one do you have one that you could recommend for say like okay Somebody who like, look, I want to go, but look, yeah. I, I don't have a ton of money. I'm not going yeah. crazy. I got to be to work. Like yeah. what's, what's a, what's a good yeah. one that's so really reasonable for United States travelers. Are you asking like within the United States or outside of the U S give me one U S give me one outside. Okay. In the United States, um, I would say I have been blown away by national parks um, and some smaller town USA places that I've been to. Um, I'm actually, I write for a magazine, not a magazine. I write for Uproxx, which is, um, they're a huge online travel lifestyle music website. And they just had a 2020 hot list. And I put a couple of spots on the hot list that I highly 
recommend. Um, one of them is Carson City, Nevada, and it is a small town, cute small town America, super close to big time adventure. Uh, you can get to Lake Tahoe within a 30 minute drive. You, we went skydiving outside of Truckee. Uh, the town itself has cute dive bars. It was adorable. So much fun. Absolutely loved it. Carson City is one of my favorite places in the United States. In addition to Carson City, I fell in love with Zion National Park. I've been to Zion National Park twice. You could fly into St. George. You could stay in St. George. Both times I went to Zion, I stayed in St. George, which is about a 40, 45 minute outside of Zion. Or you could camp within Zion and hiking. Uh, on my blog, and I have a travel web series called Around the World in 80 Seconds, I have an episode on Zion, which highlights the three most adventurous hikes, Angels Landing, Observation Point, and the Narrows. Zion National Park is awesome, epic. I loved it. Um, outside of the U.S., uh, I would say if you're kind of you know new to international travel or if you don't want to go extremely far but you still want to get outside of the U.S., I recommend and say that Central America is way underrated in U.S. terms of travel. We live so close to Central America, depending on where you live in the United States, it's probably easier for you to get to some Central American countries versus some places in the United States. Like, I live in Los Angeles. I could get to Costa Rica faster than I can get to New York. Um, so I say that, like, Central America, there's a couple countries in there like Costa Rica, Guatemala, Belize, uh, where you can get a, in Panama, you can get a really cool international adventure and experience and trip in Central America. And it's not that far from the United States. Cool, man. Is there anything else you think that we missed? What's coming up next for you? Yeah, so uh, I have a big trip coming up that I'm super excited about, a big outdoor adventure trip. And then I'll be gone um, through the springtime. And then when I get back, this is like my freelance crazy lifestyle. I don't know what's next. I don't have any job lined up uh, for when I get back. I don't know where my next career move is going to be. Uh, so just kind of living the adventure right now and excited for this trip. And then I'll see what happens when I get back. I want to thank Justin so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we've linked to him on our social media accounts. We're Profoundly Pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. His Instagram is just, it's incredibly inspiring, right? Because, yeah, we've all seen these beautiful pictures of places, and that just kind of becomes like, all right, here's another one of these after a while. But his is really different because he gives you an actual kind of insider's insight into how how you can really do this. You can also find his information on the RSS feed that's on this podcast. Okay. Now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. Heidi ho, Nicarino. Are you avoiding people right now? Uh, I don't think so. What do you mean you don't think so? You do I mean, know I'm about not, I guess what, what's the context what are what like what what are you asking in reference to I I'm not invo avoiding anybody that I know of You work in the news business still correct Yes Um so you are aware of the coronavirus <laughs> uh, I am uh even though I'm jinxing the shit out of Michigan but as of as of this this weekend, we don't have any confirmed cases, which I don't know how we don't, but we do not. But so, are you taking? Are you the kind of person though that would take 
Obviously not. I mean, you didn't even are aware of its existence, and now I'm just angry with you. <laughs> I uh, no, I, I am not. I'm not one of those people that's gonna not go to the store or not talk to somebody or not communicate with somebody. I'm just not that way. I mean, can you cut me a wrestling promo warning the coronavirus to stay away from you? I can't. <laughs> no, I, I really, I'm really not, uh, not, not up to it today. I can you just try, just try and give us whatever the best thing that you can do is right now, and no one will laugh at you because we're putting you on the spot. Just give me the best thing you got. Listen, coronavirus, you think you're gonna come into my house, my neck of the woods, and bother me? I'm not gonna be getting no respiratory symptoms anytime soon. So take your little coronavirus, yeah, yeah, the cream of the crop. Keep it out of my state, out of my country, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna get us. No, we're gonna win. You know why? Because we're America. We always win. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I I don't know why you were so worried about it. I thought I I good job. I thought I felt you were right there. I don't know what the whole oh yeah yeah thing was. I mean. I didn't oh, know come what, on. You don't know who Macho Man Randy Savage was? I'm fully aware of who the Macho Man Randy Savage is. I'm one of the few people that actually had the rap album that he put out on his featured role on Spider-Man. I just <laughs> didn't realize that you did such a terrible job of it that that's who you were trying to go for. Listen, I'm under the weather, okay? I, I don't think I did terrible for being put on the spot no, to you come did, up with a wrestling promo. You did a good job of it. It was just a terrible Macho Man Randy Savage impersonation. <laughs> So good. Listen, I'm dehydrated over here. I have a headache. My stomach hurts, and you're putting me on the spot. All right. Okay, let's keep putting you on the spot. Are you ready for your segment? Sure. Let's uh, let's knock it out, as they say. Um, so some shout outs this weekend or this weekend. Uh, let's redo that. Some shout outs. Some social media shout outs. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Roger, Samuel, Jordan, Kathy, Kyle. Uh, Steven, Conrad, Dominic, Kristen, Joey, Justin, Barry, Frank, and Lorraine, or Lorraine, probably Lorraine. Probably Lorraine. Uh, appreciate everyone uh, liking, subscribing, checking us out. Uh, keep doing it, and who knows, maybe we'll send you a bag of Skittles at some point in the next five years. <laughs> Coronavirus-free Skittles, of course. Skittles not a good candy. No, no it's, it the, really is. It's really not. You can have one good handful of Skittles. That's the only candy. If you're trying to lose weight and you love candy, Skittles is the best candy because you can't go back a second time. It's just too much work chewing all that. <laughs> I'm not a big uh, caramel fan, so anything like that, I just stay away from anyways. Skittles isn't caramel. You know that, right? Yeah, but I'm talking about just the texture, like the, the st- you know, the, the you have to chew it like to, to eat it. <laughs> 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 what an observation! That to me, you know what I mean. You know, it's like the the sticky kind of candy that you really have to chew to eat it. It's no, it's almost like not even enjoyable. I don't know why people like that kind of stuff. Okay, tell me this: Are you going caramel or caramel? I feel like whatever I say, I'm going to be wrong, but I'm probably going to go caramel. Root or route? Uh, root. Data or data? Data. Yeah, I think you got the correct answer on all of those. What, one that I always get made fun of for is I say pool instead of pool. Wait, what now? I say I say pool 
Like I'm pulling something when I'm talking about a pool. Oh, you kind of have like a P-U-L-L and not a P-O-O-L. Yeah, I always get called out. No matter who I'm with or if someone has no idea who I am, I always get called out if I have to say that in front of, of people. I, had a, I have a little trouble with with. I don't hit the D hard enough. So it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, what's the width of that? Wait, width Got or it. width? Width? Width. I don't even think that. With. I don't even think that I say the D. With. 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 Okay, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I tried coming up with better questions this week. I feel like I've been a little uh, – my questions haven't been very good recently. So Yeah, I agree. I hope these are better. Let's uh, – we'll start off with the easy one. Uh, what's worse to you, doing laundry or doing the dishes? Depends what stage of laundry we're talking about. Are we talking about just putting it in the washing machine? Or are we talking about taking it out and, and dealing with it? I think uh, my thought on laundry or dishes was start to finish. So the I whole get, process. Probably laundry then. It's just more intensive, right? I mean you can jump in there and plow out some dishes if you need to. And if you get really tired, you can just throw them in the dishwashing machine like a normal person and not have to worry about it. I'm not one of those people that's going to wash my dishes before I wash my dishes. So I would have to say washing the dishes would be my preferred chore. <laughs> uh, you you only can save one of these. Your least favorite pet or your best friend? I actually lost my dog this weekend for a brief amount of time. You can uh, oh, only wow. I totally thought you were going somewhere else with that, and I was about to feel like a real asshole. Um, no, I lost her for an hour. It is pretty emotional. I may have may have given some guy a tearful bro hug, and it was it was a magical moment between two men. And I'm not going to let anybody ruin it because he saved my dog's life. Uh, shout out, shout out to whatever his name is, Zach. Maybe could be a Zach, I believe. Shout out to Zach who saved my dog. Thanks, buddy. Um, no, my least favorite pet or my best friend. Yes. Hmm. I mean, I would say you have to save a person at the end of the day, right? Although I don't. I mean, if you were, if you're talking like my least favorite pet or the person I don't like at work, I'm probably gonna go with the dog. I mean, that, that's fair. I, I just put on your best friend or your least favorite pet because I figure at some point they're kind of comparable. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I wow. I mean, you really don't think of your friends very highly. That's nice to hear, but. Well, I, I didn't say I, – I didn't give you my answer. I mean I, I could be for saving my friends over my, my pet. Who knows? You know what? Uh, I, don't want, I don't want your answer now. I don't even want to hear it. That's fair. Don't even care. I don't even want to talk to you anymore. We should just have the next 10 minutes be silent. <laughs> this is complete. This is radio <laughs> silence. All right. What's, is this, are you up to your last question? Yeah, last question. Uh, you get to join one of these societies, either being a ninja or a pirate. Oh, I'd go ninja the whole way. That's a good question, though. I mean, I feel like that's definitely a – you can learn a lot about somebody from a question like that. I think that's a good question, but I would go ninja. I don't want to wear all that crap. Pilots got to wear all that crap. They, it seems really dirty. Nobody wants to be on sea all the time on a boat with the same dudes. Ninja's the way to go on that. See, I, I think I'd rather be a pirate naturally, of course. You know, maybe like a, like a Johnny Depp kind of pirate. See, but you got all that crap on all the time. That's just way too much work, man. I feel like the ninja lifestyle would be a lot cleaner. 
Not as bad of a way to die, either. I'd much rather take, like, a ninja sword to the face than drown. Yeah, I mean, that that, that is, I do agree with you on that. I, I would rather take a ninja star to the Achilles tendon than drown in, a, you know, the water. I feel like ninja's lifestyle probably pays better as well. They're probably using you to assassinate some high-profile targets. I think, on average, a ninja would probably make more money than a pirate. Do you think there are real, like, that there are still ninjas that consider themselves ninjas? I don't know if they still consider it, like, not like ninja ninjas, but I'm sure they're still ninjas. Like, I don't think they're going around doing ninja stuff, but they probably have ninja training. I mean, there's still pirates out there. Captain Phillips, shout out to Tom Hanks. <laughs> One of the worst actors ever. Uh, he's not good at anything besides Forrest Gump and Castaway and Saving Private Ryan and Sleepless in Seattle and the greatest movie of all time, You've Got Mail. <laughs> First off, that's not that's not even one of his top goat. five roles. Goat, baby. Goat. He is good. He's one of the best, but that's not one of his better roles at all. Okay, whatever. Uh, let's. Are you ready for seen us? Toy Story? Yeah, but he's not. Dude, I'm not getting into this whole thing with you. Um, <laughs> are you ready for our top five? <laughs> sure, if, if you're ready, let's go. So, being in Seattle, basically. Even if you haven't been exposed to the virus, everybody's kind of self-quarantining themselves. Uh, so our top five is top five things you would do if you were quarantined inside your house. What's your number five? So I need to preface this. My list is pretty boring because I went on like if I was just like what you just said. I assumed we were just quarantined and we could not leave our house. Yeah. So that's what I went with. So because I know a couple of people who are self-quarantined and they still go out and do things. Like idiots, uh, like go to the bar and go skiing and things. So well, I didn't I, include that. Look, that's not self-quarantining. That's just not going to work. There's a difference there. <laughs> right? There's a difference between like, I'm quarantined. I'm not going to work. <laughs> Regardless. Uh, so my number five, once again, these are pretty boring. Why are you? Why would you uh, say have... that? Like if you want somebody to listen to your list, why would you go ahead and just preface that by saying – this is all dumb. Like, do you go into a job interview and say, listen, I'm going to give you my qualifications, but they all suck. I'm just being honest because you're, you're going to tear my list apart. And I just want people to know that I understand that. I'm just, I'm just prefacing it with that. Maybe people will find it interesting. I have no idea. But if you're just being honest, like, would you go into a job interview and say, you know what? I have no qualifications for this whatsoever. I'd be shocked if you hired me. Shit, maybe I do. Maybe I would have had a better time job interviewing if I would have done that. You should have just had brutal honesty. Yeah, like you know, they ask you a question about your qualifications, and you go, "I have no qualification whatsoever. I just need the money. I have a cocaine problem." <laughs> it's, it's really the stupidest question that anybody could ever ask in a job interview. Why do you want to work here? You really think that anybody really wants to work at this job? Like they really would like to be here? Unless it's like professional sports or something just awesome. Like, hey, do you really want to – why do you want to re- – why do you really want to be a manager at McDonald's? For fucking money. That, that, that's the why, – why would you waste time answering that question? Like why are you going to make me lie to you? Well, now that we know uh, the question – if anyone's listening to this and – Nick Van Zandt wants to give you a job interview for a f- uh, future profoundly pointless uh, job position. You know, that question will not be coming at you. So No, I mean, but okay, how many people 
let's say out of a hundred people, how many of them really want to be at their job? Like I really want to work at this particular place. One, one out of a hundred. Oh man. Two? That's, a, that's a very good question. I, I would say probably like 10 out of a hundred. I think 10% of the people actually want to be working where they're working. Okay. I would say 10% of the people want to be in the industry that they're in. But of that 10%, only 10% actually want to be at the place that they're working at or that they have applied for. That's what my whole thing, like, why do you want to work here? Because you pay me money. That's the only reason. Don't make me lie to you about something else. You're just basically asking how creative of a lie someone can come up with. Let's get back on track. What's your number five? All right. So I have... uh making uh like meals like good meals like cooking okay you're gonna put some time into it yeah like I, I'm, I'm actually not gonna rush i'm gonna have time to like you know research recipes and spend some time and you know just cook and enjoy it instead of having to eat mcdonald's every night okay i think that's it i think i didn't think of that one i feel like that's a good that's a good answer. I mean, my number five would be since I'm quarantined, the first thing I would do is clean my house. I'm not well, living that, in a filth. That's actually pretty lame. That's what, that's the most practical thing to do, to clean up so you can get out of the house. You want to be living in a pigsty while you're sick. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that you're sick, and I hope everything works out. Okay, what's your number four? Uh, I said that was lame. My number four is Reed. <laughs> I would uh, I would knock out a bunch of books and you know I mean if you're quarantined uh, you know obviously your family will be there but you're gonna have all kinds of time that you normally wouldn't have. I mean, so yeah, I guess read is read is decent. I think that you would probably do that. I would say my number four is call back all the people I've been telling. I'll call them back. <laughs> That's that's a pretty creative one. I, I don't think even even if I thought of calling people back, uh, shout out to Jim Cavanaugh who I haven't talked to in three years. Um, I don't I don't think I would do it still. Yeah, that's a long. I can't think of how many people I have. I'm like, I'll call you back, and never fucking called them at all. <laughs> but okay, yeah. when you tell someone you're calling, gonna call them back. Do you usually legitimately mean it, or are you just lying and like, uh, I'll call you back? <laughs> I'm gonna sound like a real asshole saying this, but I would say there's about five percent of the time where I where I actually mean it. The only person that I actually mean it to is my parents. Otherwise, I'm not calling you back. <laughs> not even your wife. I mean, she doesn't call me. She sends oh, me well. a text message like a normal person. Like, oh, God, I'll call you right back. Mm, it's basically my parents or somebody who's really got something to say. Like, if you're just calling to chat and I miss the phone call, uh, you're not getting called back. Sorry, my <laughs> so, shout out to my sister who I haven't called back in six months. <laughs> and uh, once again, sorry, Jim Cavanaugh. I swear I'll call you and I hope hope everything's going well. My bad, um, Nick Hutchison. Should have called you back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> My number three is I would watch uh, Netflix and Hulu and YouTube and all that good stuff till my eyes bled. Yeah, pretty much. I could see that. I mean, that's that. I think everybody would ultimately just end up doing that. Um, I mean, 
My number three would be organize my life. Okay. That's similar to my number two, which is I would have get my get my bills in order. So like like my financial stuff. I do like how basically most of this list has been all stuff that we should have been doing anyway. And the only way to get us to fulfill our daily responsibilities to our family and friends is to be quarantined inside of our house. <laughs> With the possibility of having some kind of serious, you know, illness. <laughs> you basically have to stare death in the face, stare death in the face to get your life together. That's the only way it's going to happen. It's a shame, but I, I think anyone listening to this would agree. Like thinking about it, like that is 100% correct, which is kind of sad, I guess. That's just the way life is, man. Uh, my number two is nothing. I would do nothing. <laughs> okay. See, I thought about putting that on there, which, but I felt like, you know, the movies and the reading, like that is almost nothing. Yeah, I kind of looped all that into the same thing under nothing. <laughs> just nothing. Just nothing. What's your number <laughs> one? Uh, I would drink. Really? I don't I guess I probably wouldn't drink. I don't think that's even, that's not even on my top 5. I just feel like that's a fucking recipe for a bad time. <laughs> I mean, I would I would start I thought about this. I would start my day with some mosas and then by noon I would be on to maybe a nice heavy craft beer and then I'd go on to a gin and tonic and probably end the night with a bourbon and every every day would be the same cycle. You have an offensive taste in liquor. You're going to start your day with a mimosa? First off, don't you? But you hate all mimosas. Are you really drinking mimosas? Like, you're a, you're a dad. You're seriously going to get a mimosa and think that that's okay. <laughs> Name me another drink early in the morning, then, that that is good. Because I, I haven't had too many. It's not about being good. Berries. You don't drink for taste. That's not what no. I drink for. I'm there to have a good time. I'm not having a good time with somebody drinking a fucking mimosa. <laughs> See, and this is why my middle 20s were uh, full of terrible life decisions because of you and that mindset right there. Well, don't waste my time. Like, hey, you know what would taste really good? Like a chocolate daiquiri. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, I, I'd give it, a, I'd give it a try. Why not? I don't understand the idea of t anything. T like, why would I want liquor to taste good when it can taste bad? And this will be awesome. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Hooten, Grand Marnay. <laughs> Tell him to hold his liquor. Man can't even <laughs> handle one shot of Grand Marnier after drinking for twenty plus years. What? <laughs> also, you and this gin and tonic crap needs to stop. You're not sophisticated. Why? Why do? Why do I have to be sophisticated to drink a gin and tonic? Because a gin and tonic is a sophisticated man's drink. It's not for you. Stick to Budweiser, and, and put ketchup <laughs> on too much shit, and live your life the way you're supposed to. <laughs> First off, I, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with you on the gin and tonic. It's, it's three ingredients. What are they, like, by the way? That, <laughs> well, I, sophisticated it's not sophisticated how are you gonna what are the three ingredients of a gin and a tonic well i mean it's simple it's the, obviously the gin and then whatever kind of uh tonic water you want i like mine with a little bit of uh, like tonic water flavored with lemon or lime 
and then uh, a lime, a piece of a lime or whatever you want to do. I don't think do. that's really an ingredient. That's more of a garnish. So I guess you call it, So I guess there's only two ingredients then, which makes it even more less sophisticated. Hmm. What's your, oh, by the way, new month. What's your candle of the month? <laughs> you know, I haven't gotten out to get any, but, it, uh, you know, it's, God, it's already middle of March. We really missed the boat on this one. I'm probably going to go something like uh, like Spring Breeze. Okay, I like it. Yeah, it's a good you know, choice. Maybe like waterfall, something kind of refreshing and springy. Okay. Uh, wait. What was what was your number one drink? Oh, my uh, number drinking. So we're on your number one. My number one is sleep. See, I I understand that, but I, I feel like if I was really quarantined for weeks or a month, like I would say I'm gonna sleep, but then I would get too much sleep, and then I wouldn't sleep. If that makes any sense. Not really. I mean, you can actually get too much sleep. It is possible. But you would have nothing else to do. I think you would just keep falling asleep over and over and again. Well, you know, you wake up, have a little personal time, go back to sleep, wake up, do it all over again. That sounds like a good day to me. Look, and I know what you mean by personal time, which is the real thing that everybody would be doing. That would be on everybody's top five list if they were quarantined, is personal time. (laughs) <laughs> because that would be happening more than anything else probably would be happening. Here's the real question. Okay, so if you had you're you're gonna you're gonna pull through this. You're gonna be sick, you're gonna ha- it's gonna be a little rough, but you're gonna get through it. Would you want to be quarantined in your house for two weeks? I mean me personally no, but I think if if we're you know, talking about something like the current virus that's going around or spreading, then you know I understand why why we're being asked to do that, or certain people are being asked to do that. So, I mean, I would do it, but would I want to? No. Would I still go out and go skiing or go to the bar? Probably. Would What if you're not going to get sick at all? Like, hey, we just know you had contact with this person. You're not sick, but we need you. But you could be quarantined in your house for two weeks. Would you do it? Yes, but only because. You know, viruses and whatnot can stay hidden or not. I don't know if hidden is the right word, but they can stay in you even though they don't get you sick and you can spread it to others without knowing. I believe the word is dormant. Dormant. There you go. Uh, what's in your honorable mention? Uh, well, <laughs> I had personal time on there. Yeah, personal time. Personal time is on there for me as well. I also had uh, hang out with the family more. You're quarantined. Yeah. You can't be hanging out with your you kill your family too. What an <laughs> asshole! Uh, and then I, I, I had to work out, but I guess you know. Yeah, I don't think you I would. love how neither of us had any kind of like exercise anything on our top five list. Well, that's because you're sick. You don't need to work out. Nothing, nothing helps you lose weight like a good stomach flu. <laughs> that, that's the damn truth, isn't it? Yeah, why well, work out when you can just get sick? It's much easier. I'm about two flus away from getting into size 44s again. Mm, two a month. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. Uh, Fine, I get it. What else is on your list? You got anything else? No, I have nothing. What about you? No, I don't really have anything else either. I mean, like yard work, I guess. I don't know if you. I don't know what the what the rule is. Like, can you go on your patio if you're quarantined? I feel like I would want a house, like a sign in front of my house. And then I would just hang out on the porch. 
like big quarantine sign and then just be there on the porch watching everybody's reaction to me being quarantined. That's literally the worst thing you can do. And I, we're already paranoid enough as a society. And then you would be the asshole that would do that and just scare everyone even more. You know what we should actually do? We should go make a bunch of signs that say quarantine and start sticking them in our friends' yards. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's a terrible joke, but a great one. It's such a time. great joke, quarantine. <laughs> 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 All right. If you, uh, if you do that, you did not get that idea from here. Oh, okay. That's going to go ahead and do it for this episode. Profoundly pointless. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Love hearing from you guys. And <laughs> look, if you're going to make, if there, there's one thing that every guy is really going to be doing the most if he's quarantined at home. Besides that, go ahead and send us stuff that you would do if you were quarantined at home. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.